Hi, my name is Rita Trotter, founder of The Health and Fitness Coach. Welcome to the Health Collective Podcast, where we talk everything body, business, balance and being for busy women looking to take control of their health, weight and body for good. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of the Health Collective Podcast. And today we are talking about self-image and how we can actually learn to look in the mirror and enjoy what we see. Because if I asked you to name all of the things that you love, how long would it take for you to name yourself? Right? We talk a lot about kindness as a value. It's a quality that we hopefully look out for in friends and colleagues, partners, you know, our, our kids in 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 teachers, in schools, in family. It's it's a quality that we value in pretty much everyone. But we seem not to value our own kindness to ourselves. And we know that kindness comes alongside all kinds of you know body benefits including weight loss we know for instance that when we carry out an act of kindness for another person the brain's pleasure and reward center lights up right it's um colloquially known as helpers high and that the brain releases serotonin the feel good hormone which has this calming effect and stimulates positive feelings in the body. So we feel better, we feel calmer, we feel more at peace, we feel more in control. And so we ultimately make better choices and better decisions. But we very rarely talk about self-kindness. Perhaps, I don't know, maybe maybe people find the word self off-putting. It seems selfish or self-centered somehow. People seem to find this word self as a negative. But the truth is that self-kindness is an essential component of not just good mental health, but good physical health and emotional health. Because how often have you looked in the mirror and maybe you have lost weight and you've still criticized yourself? Or you look in the mirror and you fail to see some of the beauty and the amazing qualities that you have and you just pick up on the wobbly belly or the excess cellulite or the thighs that rub together. You pick up on all of the negatives rather than finding any of the positives that other people see in you. You know, self-compassion seems to be something that is highly missing these days. And it's, it's been clinically proven that self-compassionate people are less likely to be critical of themselves. They're less likely to be anxious, less likely to be depressed, less likely to be overweight, less likely to suffer from health complications um, such as sort of chronic diseases. And that all of, in turn leads to a greater quality of life. It just leads to greater life satisfaction. And if you're anything like me, you probably take yourself for granted a lot. And you probably speak to yourself in a way that you would never dream of speaking to your friends or your family. 
you know, overriding this negative in a dialogue and replacing it with a kinder, more compassionate, more forgiving voice is probably one of the most transformative steps and one of the hardest that we can ever take for our physical and our emotional health. We need to be gentle with ourselves. But I guess the question is, what does that actually mean? Being gentle with yourself means recognizing that you are human. Acknowledging that you are fallible. We all are fallible in some way and then act accordingly. Instead of berating yourself when you mess up or when things don't work out exactly as you'd planned, it's about treating yourself with kindness and compassion. So how can we start putting that into action? Well, one of the first things that we need to do is become mindful of the conversations that are going on in your head. You know that voice, that voice that just doesn't shut up. I've I've always been baffled because there are some people that don't have this voice and they must think I'm nuts. That voice that just constantly talks and it can often be a very negative one if we don't have the right conversations. That voice that is constantly blaming and judging and worrying and the voice that keeps you up at night or stops you falling asleep in peace. And there's a lot of people that don't have that. <laughs> so I'm not sure what they think me and the other the other women like me are, are doing, but I have that voice. So if you have that voice, you're you're my people. And the first step we have to take is to become familiar with how we talk to ourselves because our inner critic can sometimes become so firmly entrenched that we begin to think that it actually is us you know what kind of stories does it like to say about you what tone does it use when you notice that you're being hard on yourself what you need to do is take a step back and just question the validity of what the voice is saying you know, is there actually any evidence to support this belief that I have about myself? Is there a more realistic and balanced way of looking at myself? What this voice is saying, is it really true? Because often the voice is talking about fears based on what ifs and potential eventualities is bringing up fears that are not rooted in evidence It's bringing up fears that are rooted in potentials and a potential hasn't happened. That is bringing a fear into your life that isn't necessary. So question the validity question. Is this really true? Do I really believe this? So first up, we have to have that awareness of the conversations that we're having and an awareness of the questions that we're asking ourselves because we're we're always in conversation by asking ourselves questions and answering do i look fat in this yes you do will this fit me no it won't should i eat this no you shouldn't this constant back and forth of this inner voice is based on the questions that we ask ourselves. 
So one of the fundamental things to learn how to accept you for you and learn to love you for you is to change the quality of your questions. If you ask yourself questions that are framed in a negative framework, you will find answers that are framed in a negative framework. We need to understand that if we ask ourselves a question that is set up to have a negative response, the only answer you can give it is a negative response. So rather than saying, do I look fat in this? It's saying, what is one positive I can find about myself? What is the one thing that I love about this outfit or my body in this outfit? What we need to do is start to say, rather than why does this always happen to me? How can I make this better next time? What can I do to improve the situation? How can I find happiness in this very given moment? If we start to change the quality of these questions, then the quality of our life drastically improves. And the next the next time you find yourself talking to yourself, as I do, Make sure you give yourself an encouraging word. You know, next time you find yourself saying things like, oh, I'm an idiot, or I messed it all up, or I'm not good enough. See if you can offer yourself an encouraging word instead. You know, things like, you've got this, you tried your best, I'm here for you. I still love you. I will always love you. Talk to yourself in the way that you would talk to your kids. If your kids said, I messed up, you wouldn't berate them. You'd love them. If your little daughter or little son or your teenager said, I'm not good enough, you wouldn't agree. You'd give them all of the encouragement, love, safety, and security that they need to hear. So why aren't you doing it for you? If you told your children, no, you're not good enough. Yeah, you did mess up. Yeah, you do suck. Yeah, you are an idiot. What would that do for their own self-esteem and their ability to love themselves? Be on the floor. So if you wouldn't do it to your kids, why would you do it to you? You need to make sure you also take time off. I know that sounds obvious, but often people just forget. You know, ask yourself, how often do you give yourself not just free time off, but guilt-free time off? How often? Because if this is something that you struggle with, you need to try and book this time off in advance of making plans. Put it in your diary as a non-negotiable. This is part of my week to have this time off that I'm not going to feel guilty about. Budget it into your week, into your system, so that it doesn't feel like you should be filling it with something else. It genuinely is a guilt-free moment. You don't have to do anything like extravagant or ludicrous. It's just allowing yourself, I don't know, a lie-in, breakfast in bed, a coffee and a walk around the park, something that shows you that you care about you. It's really important that we do this because time off is not truly relaxing or restorative if you feel guilty about the whole thing. It's, It's pointless. You might well have worked. 
think about it, two women, one woman works 60 hours a week, but when she's off, she is off. There's no guilt. She doesn't think about work. She's completely present with her family. She's completely guilt-free and present in the moments of nature or relaxing or reading. And another woman who only works 20 hours a week, but she spends every second of every day worrying about work, feeling guilty that she's off, never being present with her kids, always checking emails. Who's got the better work-life balance? The one that works 60 hours or the one that works 20? was absolutely the one that works 60 because balance and time off isn't a physical shift. It's a mental shift. So if you're mentally constantly worrying and feeling guilty, you are taking zero time off regardless of whether you're sat in front of Netflix or not. So you need to also commit, commit to you, commit to like at least one thing every day that's just for you. Run yourself a nice long bath, light some candles, Do that online yoga that you've been putting off for months. Just make sure you do something every day that brings you a sense of joy and well-being. And you need to learn how to, I know this sounds a bit odd when we're talking about adults here, grown-ass women, but self-soothe. We need to learn to self-soothe when we're going through difficult times. And what I mean by that is the power of touch isn't just limited to other people. You know, research has shown that physical contact, even when it's offered to ourselves, it it boosts oxytocin. It can help lower cortisol and stress levels. It improves mood. You know, it can self-soothing. It's been proven can even um, speed up our body's own healing mechanisms. So next time you're feeling down, just try, I don't know, gently stroking your arm, holding your shoulders, giving yourself a hug, see how it feels. Because if someone else is sad or low, you would hug them. You would be there. You would do something physical. That's usually something that we reach to. So do it for you as well. Also make sure you focus on values and qualities that you admire and aspire to. So instead of focusing on superficial qualities, consider what values are important to you. Because many of us have a tendency to focus on the things that we don't like about ourselves rather than things that we do, right? Think about the kind of person that you want to be. I don't know whether that's being kind, considerate, loving, honest, loyal, Think about the values that are important to you and shift your focus there rather than focusing on all the negatives, whether they're an internal or an aesthetic negative, shift your focus to the values of the kind of person you want to be. You know, alongside that, I guess I could call call it, you know, most of you who have listened to me before know that I don't really talk about affirmations. I talk about incantations. Because an affirmation is just a way of speaking. An incantation is a way of really bringing those words to life in the body. So one way that we can work towards shifting these negative, you know, inner voices is by practicing daily incantation. So I don't just mean, you know, hunching your shoulders, looking down, slumping, feeling bad and saying, 
I am enough. I am worthy. I love myself. I mean, that is going to do nothing, right? That is pointless, absolute BS. And everyone that says that doing that is going to help is full of shite. That doesn't work. It needs to be an incantation. So rather than slumping, stand up tall, shoulders back, feet firm, ground yourself. I don't know, put on some music that makes you feel strong and motivated. For me, it's Eye of the Tiger. I freaking love Eye of the Tiger. I put that on and there's no way I'm feeling anything less than amazing. So I'm grounded, my, I'm standing tall, my shoulders are back, my head's held high. I'm doing a Wonder Woman pose, hands on hip, whatever it might be. And then with every breath and every movement of my body, I'm going to say, I am enough. I am worthy just as I am. I'm growing. I am learning every day. I am beautiful. I am confident. I am powerful. Now, how different is that to slumping, looking down, breathing slow, feeling depressed and saying, I am worthy as I am. I am powerful. I am enough. I mean, that's the difference. Most people are saying affirmations without any physiology behind it. Words can only take you so far. If you want a radical shift in the way that you emotionally feel, shift your physical state. That will create the biggest change in how you truly feel about you. But there are other ways of doing it as well. You could write a note to yourself. You could You know, for me, I'm about post-it notes. Write post-it notes with amazing things about you and stick them around the house. Stick them on your car visor as you bring the the visor down when the sun's bright. Write on the, the bathroom mirror in your lipstick. I am enough just as I am. And every time you see it, stand tall, Wonder Woman pose, and really say it with strength with your whole body. Or maybe you just write a little love note to yourself in that lipstick on your bedroom mirror so that every morning you wake up and it says, hey, beautiful, I love you. I forgive you. Have an amazing day. So start practicing those daily incantations. And also ask yourself, how would you talk to your friends? Because consider how you would comfort a friend when things haven't worked out. You know, if things hadn't got to plan, How would you talk to them? How would you comfort them? How would you be empathetic? How would you be compassionate? And give yourself the same. How would you talk to a friend? And take the same back. Why are you treating yourself as less worthy than your friendships, than your partnership? They're in your life because they love you. And if there is nothing left of you to give, they're also going to suffer. So give yourself the same compassion that you would give a friend. And if you struggle, really struggle with self-criticism, dig a bit deeper. You know, do you feel like you're trying to prove something to yourself, to other people? Can you trace that back to where it all started? 
Did it start with a comment when you were a teenager? Did it start with your dad in a quote-unquote not malicious way calling you chubster or shaking your belly as he walked into the kitchen and saying, oh, we've got to do something about that. All of these comments that people make when we're children have an impact and you might not want to trace it back that far because it feels uncomfortable, but you'll never move further. If you are so self-criticizing that looking in the mirror hurts, then where did it start? You need to dig deeper. And coaching is a really great place to start exploring that, to start exploring the earlier experiences that have had an impact on how you feel about yourself because it hasn't come from nowhere. And all of the women that I work with who have had self-loathing about their bodies for decades, it all started before the age of 15 for pretty much 99% of them. So yes, it's about making sure that you're following the right plan and guidance in terms of exercise and food and sleep and routine. But getting to a number on the scales and still hating yourself is the most wasted opportunity in the world. You've got to love what you see. And if you can't do that, then you've got to dig deeper. And that's where really having someone who knows how to help you uncover those layers and heal them is so important. And last up, practice gratitude. Practicing gratitude is this amazing way of creating a more positive mindset. It helps shift your attention to the things that you already have rather than focusing on what you feel that you don't. And I'm sure that you've heard from many, many people practicing gratitude has positive outcomes. And you're probably sitting there going, please do not tell me to do this damn thing one more blooming time. Well, then if you've tried it before and it hasn't worked, you weren't really grateful. In your mind, you knew logically, intellectually, I should be grateful for my house, for my finances, my car, for my husband, for my wife, for my children, for my mother, for my friendships, my job, whatever it might be, intellectually, you know that you should be grateful. Emotionally, you do not feel it. And if you do not feel it, it's in one ear and out the other. It has no lasting impact. It's like the affirmations. If you know it intellectually, if you say the positive affirmation intellectually, but you don't truly feel it with your entire body, then nothing will ever change. You must change your physiological state to change your emotional state. So look, if you're someone who has a tendency to be really hard on yourself, this is often traced back to really early experiences and getting to the root of where this judging and critical voice stems from is the key to shifting it once and for all. And, and with a coach, you can gradually unravel the past and we support you in developing a healthier, more compassionate and loving relationship with yourself, as well as transforming your body physically physically as well as mentally and emotionally. 
So look, if you ever need help, you know where I am. Head to our website, thehealthandfitnesscoach.co.uk. You can email us, rita at thehealthandfitnesscoach.co.uk. You can reach out on any social media platform, The Health and Fitness Coach on Instagram, uh, Rita Trotter on Facebook or on LinkedIn as well. Or you can send us a WhatsApp on plus four four seven seven six nine six nine zero six seven nine. If you need any help whatsoever in your body or just loving you or you just need someone to talk to, you know where we are and we're always here to help when you're ready to take that action. So have a wonderful day and I really look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, see you later. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you need any more information, help or advice, or would like to book in a free discovery call to discuss your health, weight and body shape goals and the best way to get you there, head to www.thehealthandfitnesscoach.com for more information and links to our social media or message us at plus four four seven seven six nine six nine zero six seven nine or email us at Rita R I T A at thehealthandfitnesscoach.co.uk. Thank you for listening and I can't wait to see you on the next episode. In the meantime, live, love and learn.